Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana. I'm Brittany. And this is episode 30. Today, we'll be reviewing season five, episodes nine and 10 of The Walking Dead with the lens of comfort. Before we dive in, how are you doing today, Diana? I am doing awesome, Brittany. <laughs> I had a great weekend. I spent time with my friends and just just having a great long weekend was awesome. Also, mm-hmm. I wanted to tell you, I read a review, well, a pre-review mm-hmm. on the new Star is Born. Oh, yes. With Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. and Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. And it is supposed to be really good that people are saying that Bradley Cooper is did a phenomenal job in writing it and getting the right um, and directing it mm-hmm. and getting the cinematographer and getting the editor and getting the sound mixing. I mean, they think that it's going to be an Oscar contender multiple times. Oh, wow. And I'm so excited. That's interesting. I saw the preview when I watched Crazy Rich Asians this weekend. Yeah. And it looked good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, you know, because I was worried when I was talking about the Mm -hmm. 70s version of A Star is Born, how much I loved Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. I thought, God, how could anybody, you know, measure up to this? But they said it's just he's taken the story and just really done it justice, which makes me really happy. Because I'm like, I love the other ones. So I can't wait for it to come out. I think it's October 5th. Oh, okay. Cool. So looking forward to it. Yay. That's exciting. <laughs> and how was your weekend, long weekend? It was good. I went to my friend's wedding and it was really beautiful. So I was just so happy to be a part of it. And I'm just also very happy to be home. Just, yeah. You know? Oh, and Buffy. How did Buffy do? He was good, but he was clearly very excited to see us when he saw us at the PetSmart lobby. He was, like, trying to run, but the leash wouldn't let him. And he was just, like, (laughs) half in the air with his paws up trying to get towards us. So it was really cute. But he, yeah, he makes coming home, like, the best feeling ever. It was really awesome. So, good weekend. Very short because I was traveling, but it's okay. It was totally worth it. Good memories. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And a good birthday, too? Yes, it was an awesome birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Okay, Diana, let's do our recaps. Okay. Season 5, Episode 9, What Happened and What's Going On. This is exactly what I was saying to myself after this episode. The group decides to honor Beth's wishes, and they take Noah home to Richmond, Virginia. Rick, Glenn, Michonne, Tyrese, and Noah travel ahead to scout the area, and Noah finds that the town is gone, overrun with walkers, and his family is dead. Unfortunately, while in Noah's house, one of the twins is a walker and bites Tyrese on the arm. It's so agonizing. As Tyrese lay bleeding, he hallucinates and sees Lizzie, Mika, Bob, and Beth, and also the governor and Martin from Terminus. Rick and company chop off his arm to stop the infection, but Tyrese ends up dying and they bury Tyrese. 
season five, episode 10, them. So the group is starving. They end up finding food. We'll talk about that later. They find water bottles in the middle of the street. And Eugene is like, oh, my God, I really want to drink it. And then Abraham smacks it out of his hand, even though the note says from a friend. Maggie and Sasha also share a moment as the sun rises and we're introduced to Aaron. Okay, Diana, where did you see the theme of comfort in these two episodes? Well, throughout these episodes, there are different examples of someone in the group trying to bring comfort to others within the group. Some are met with welcome and some are met with abrasiveness. With Father Gabriel and Maggie, he tries to bring her comfort by telling her he's available if she wants to talk about her loss. But she retorts, you never even met them, meaning Beth and Herschel. He says, I know you're in pain. And Maggie says, you don't know shit. You were supposed to help your flock, but you hid. Don't act like that didn't happen. Which must have triggered something in him because later in the episode, he seems to have lost his faith when he puts his collar in the fire, but not without Maggie noticing. Another instance is when um, Carol talks to Daryl about Beth and says, she saved my life. She saved your life too. Then she hands him a knife and says, this was hers. Carol tells him, I know you, you have to let yourself feel it. She caresses his face and kisses him on the forehead. It was so darn sweet. (laughs) The look on his face revealed so much pain, but it was what he needed. I think she brought Daryl a small bit of comfort and it allowed him to work through his grief. Later in the woods, he self-mutilates himself by burning a cigarette in his skin and then he finally breaks down and cries. Crying can be so cathartic and what he needed. There was also a really sweet gesture by Carl when he gives Maggie a music box and it is broken and Daryl fixes it. And both of them were hoping to give Maggie some comfort because they know the grief that she is feeling after losing Beth. So that just made me think of something. When I saw Carol kiss Daryl on the forehead, I was thinking, oh, we've always thought of them as the couple that never was but should have been. But maybe she always gave him like big sister vibes. I don't know. Maybe she kind of acted more as a maternal or like an older sister character in his life. And maybe that's something he never had. And that's where they were in their relationship. And they continue to be. I don't know. I don't know writer's Mm -hmm. intention. But watching whenever I think of a kiss on the forehead, that's something that my dad used to do when I was younger, you know, so I just kind of always think of it as something that's innocent and someone who cares for you and wants to protect you and Uh it's not it's never been romantic to me well that little moment there when she did do that it felt very nurturing and motherly Mm -hmm. and his reaction was almost like a boy Mm -hmm. yeah because he almost felt like quivering or something right which you wouldn't do if you're in a romantic (laughs) way right so i i really felt it at that point that, you know, it was. It was more motherly, more big sistery or whatever it mm-hmm. was. But I still I think everybody still <laughs> together at some point. I totally get it. So, yeah. 
So I also saw the theme of comfort with Tyrese. He was unexpectedly comforted by his hallucinations of those who've passed away. And that includes Lizzie, Mika, Bob, uh, Terminus dude who Diana reminded me his name is Martin, Philip because I hate calling him a governor, <laughs> and Beth. So this eventually appeased his feelings of worry and disappointment. It really took that weight off of his shoulders to let go. His comfort, his will to live, and his happiness was being tested every single day by living in this apocalypse. It's sad because he wanted so badly for Sasha to find solace after Bob's passing, yet he was struggling with this simmering restlessness and despondency too. Bob even tells him, it's okay that you didn't want to be a part of it anymore, inviting Tyrese to acknowledge those feelings. Everyone in the episode seemed to be on one side or the other of the spectrum of their whole psychology behind wanting to hold on or push forward or not. They're all striving to convince each other or themselves of the life that they want is still attainable. With Tyrese... He did feel more purpose and motivation when he was protecting Judith, so maybe it diverted his attention for a little bit, but we forget that not everyone shows their pain and how much they're haunted by all of it. This is so true of real life. Add imminent death to that mix and you get someone who's fighting themselves over whether they should just give up and finally have some peace or put up a fight and live for their friends and family. And I think that some people do hold on longer than they should for the sake of others. They choose this, they choose to elongate their suffering over choosing their own peace. I think Tyrese kept fighting because he wanted to survive for Sasha especially and for the rest of his group. He was well aware of how tired they were how much their hope had waned, how much they needed a win. And I honestly think he was trying to live for them, to not be another reason for low morale. He didn't want to disillusion their hope of a better future or have his friends grieve even more. But hearing Beth say, it's okay, and Mika say, it's better now, he was so comforted to know that they had found peace on the other side so he could finally let go. I thought this episode was my favorite episode and probably the best episode of the entire season. And I think it gave the audience such a beautiful goodbye to these characters that we lost not too long ago. Bob, Beth, Lizzie, Mika, whatever, even the villains. I also believe that this episode acted as a channel to comfort the audience in fully processing the loss of these characters. With Beth's death, it was so sudden and shocking that I almost didn't have time to come to terms with it. With Tyrese's death, Gimple and Nicotero give us a full hour of examining Tyrese's psychology and his inner struggle. Neither was easy to watch. We had to watch Tyrese die slowly throughout the entire episode. It was distressing and agonizing, like Diana said, to see him fight death. And yet, it was so comforting to me, and I sighed such a huge breath of release once I saw him close his eyes and let himself be at peace. It's almost like a loved one in poor health. Yes, it's so hard to lose them, but you don't want them to suffer anymore. And I hear so many people say, 
Just make him comfortable. I want them to be comfortable. Tyrese gave into the comfort of his old friends and he finally attained some peace, which broke my heart, of course, but it also made me so glad for him because he wasn't just suffering during this episode. He'd been suffering for a long time now. So sad. Watching The Walking Dead reminds me of all the comforts we have each and every day that we take for granted. The group is on the road. They are walking, worn, dehydrated, and hungry. They are dying of thirst, literally, and can hardly walk down the road as they are being followed by a herd of walkers. At one point, they decide to stand by the edge of the road and have the walkers lunge at them And then they duck so that the walkers will fall down the ravine. Oh, my God. It's a close call. One of the walkers almost bites Rick, and I totally screamed. (laughs) Soon after, they find some food that isn't appetizing. It rains, and they are able to drink some water. And then it begins to storm, so they rush to find shelter. It's so much work to try and survive. Rick has a theory that the kids growing up in this apocalypse have it easier than the adults because they are growing up in this world and don't have to get used to it like (sighs) the adults. I couldn't ever imagine having to grow up that way. So I am thankful for all the comforts I have in my life. So I totally agree with you. I couldn't do it. And I want to say about the barn, that was another thing that showed comfort in these episodes. It comforted the group and kept them safe from the storm and walkers, which actually makes no logical sense because everything else was swept away, torn apart right outside of that barn, whatever. (laughs) I'm going to thank Father Gabriel for that miracle and his faith in God. Anyway, I have to remind myself this is a scripted TV show. (laughs) Anyway, it was their safe haven during this incredible storm, and I really find that comforting (laughs) it is i did read though that Mm. they were those times that maybe it was to bring father gabriel back or something Mm. because they were saying like the rain Mm -hmm. how did it rain when they all of a sudden they were dying of thirst and And he said i'm sorry god or i'm sorry my lord or something like that yeah and then how did they find shelter when they needed it Mm. and then how is it that the shelter was the only thing standing when Mm -hmm. all the walkers were impaled so i think they purposely did that. Mm, mm-hmm. Those things. At least that's what I read. So. That makes sense. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> okay, Diana. So what are other things you noticed? I want to point out that the What Happened and What Is Going On episode received critical acclaim for Chad L. Coleman's performance as Tyrese the writing by Scott Gimple, and the direction by Greg Nicotero. It has a very different feel than any other episode, and the twist is that in the beginning, you think you are seeing Beth's burial, but in the end, you realize it was a foreshadowing of Tyrese's death, and it was his burial that you were watching. Also, as Brittany had mentioned, the hallucinations that Tyrese is having are a reflection of his struggle with death, and the past decisions he has made. But I love that he always stuck to his core beliefs and he died true to who he was. 
Yes, I am so happy that you brought that up and you you just said that they got critical acclaim for it because they totally deserve it and I didn't know that. But I want to talk about something that made me not happy from the other episode. Them. (laughs) Them. You know who you are. (laughs) They are eating dog. Dog. Dog, like a Maltese. Like a golden retriever. Like a... No. (laughs) Like a dash and down. (laughs) No. Okay, they were none of those dogs, but I understand that Sasha was in mourning and I was very sad when she executed all of those dogs and they ate them. I know they desperately needed fuel. Like, I really, I understand. I've never been that hungry, so I don't know what they were going through. But all I could think of was poor Buffy and poor Riley. (laughs) (laughs) Poor doggies. (laughs) No. Okay, the sad thing was they show Noah looking all sad and he's looking at the collar on the road. It's like, did you guys have to show the collar? Really? I know. I'm happy they didn't show her actually shooting them. Like, you just see her shoot, like, her and the gun. So that's, I thank you for that. Because I would have been more traumatized. And I know those dogs didn't look super friendly. But still, just like little baby Boffy and then little playful Riley. Like, just looking for some friends. And they're scared. (laughs) (laughs) That was not the look of those dogs, just FYI. (laughs) Just made me sad. (laughs) Oh, well, I have to get over it. Anyway, that really affected me. No, it was sad. It was I mean, yeah. I get it. In the episode, Them, while seeking refuge from the storm in a barn, Rick shares a story about his grandfather to the group. When he was a boy, he would ask how he survived the war, and his grandfather told him that every day he'd wake up and say to himself, rest in peace, now go to war. After pretending he was dead, he made it out alive. So Rick tells the group, do what you need to do. Then you get to live. No matter what. What we find in D.C., we will be okay. This is how we survive. We tell ourselves that we are the walking dead. When I first heard this, it blew my mind. I, it was a revelation. I didn't realize it referred to the living. This line was also delivered by Rick in the comics and was Andrew Lincoln's favorite line. And it made him cry because it reminded him of a time he was in a fight and he said something very similar. So the scene profoundly affected him. Fascinating. After re-watching this, it's way more apparent to me that Sasha and Abraham will get together and that Rick and Michonne will too. I can see inklings here and there and it's kind of sweet. I also appreciate how positive Michonne is and she tries to keep Glenn and Rick really grounded in these episodes. Okay, Diana, so now we're at why we love Rick. So why do you love Rick? I love Rick because he is honorable. He honors Beth's wishes about Noah, and he honors Tyrese by burying him. Tyrese was usually the one to help bury people, but this time Rick did it alone. He grabs the shovel and quickly starts shoveling dirt. He is upset. Now he's pissed off, but he's going to do it out of respect for his friend who saved his daughter. I totally cried seen Sasha's reaction, and then Rick's. It was a heartbreaking scene. 
Why do you love Rick? I love that he centers their trip to Noah's hometown around Beth. He tells Glenn, who's very skeptical and unapologetic right now. He's a little sassy dude right now. (laughs) He says, I don't know if I thought it would still be here, but Beth wanted to get him here. She wanted to get him back home. This was for her, and it could have been for us, too. So I just appreciate that he is a man of his word, and Mm -hmm. he's very, yeah, he's very honorable. Mm -hmm. Okay, Diana, what are you currently watching? I am watching Fear the Walking Dead, Season 4, Episode 12. In this episode, we find that June and Al are together and don't know where anyone else is. Al battles an illness and June is worried about John. Morgan continues to try and find the group while the new survivors and the mysterious lady from the end of last episode is sabotaging supplies and is eerily creepy. It was great character development for June and Al in this episode. Um, I also watched The Talking Dead and the guests were Jenna Elfman and Coleman Domingo and Lisa Edelstein. This was a great episode. I loved hearing from Jenna and Coleman. Jenna really dives into her character and I so appreciate it. And she gives Coleman props for his directorial debut. Coleman has directed plays for many, many years and this is the first time directing TV. He did an amazing job. It was a really good episode and it had a lot of action. Um, They both gave a lot of insight, so it was a very informative episode. And after hearing Jenna's take on her character, it made me appreciate June a lot more, and Jenna Elfman, too. Um, As far as movies, I saw The Edge of Seventeen, which you probably have seen this, have you? Yes. Okay, it was really cute. I I really liked this coming-of-age movie with Haley Steinfeld, Woody Harrelson, and Kira Sedgwick. Uh, Haley plays Nadine, a teenager whose life is turned upside down when her best friend becomes her brother's girlfriend. Her mother, played by Kira, favors her brother over her, and so Nadine turns to her teacher for guidance. The student and teacher have a funny, cute relationship, and it's a really good movie with great performances. Can I say two things? Yes, about that? yes. One, did you know Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick celebrated their 30-year wedding anniversary this week? Aww. <laughs> no, po- I didn't hear that, but I knew posted, they were. Yeah. They posted like a video of them playing Aww, music together. I love <laughs> them. Really I love them as a couple. <laughs> it was They're really a great sweet. couple. And two, I was very irritated with Nadine. I just wanted her to like talk to people, you know? I mean, I know she's a teenager, but I was just thinking, can you just talk <laughs> yeah, to I these know. people? I know. But then we wouldn't have a movie. Yeah, but right, still, yeah. I'm just like, yeah. You could have said yeah. we had one conversation over the just you three, maybe you and your friend. You and your <laughs> I brother. know, I know. And then you would like, um, I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. But I think she did a really good acting job. Oh Her yes, performance was great. Totally, was it like, was a, it was a very enjoyable movie. Yeah, but I just was irritated. Yeah. Oh. Okay, wait, I'm getting off track, but mm-hmm. there is something I wanted to tell you. I knew mm-hmm. this. <laughs> um on another podcast, um, they mm-hmm. were talking about um, the movie, um, All the Boys I've Loved Before. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. I just heard it on my drive home, and they were just, like, raving how, like, oh. it's all over everything yes. and how perfect it was. And they had so many good things to say. And those yogurt drinks, the sales have gone up. 
ever since that movie thing or whatever. The Yakult yeah. or whatever it is, yeah. those Korean yogurt drinks, uh-huh. their sales have rocketed since that movie. Because everyone's like, oh my God, I got to try one of those yogurt <laughs> know, drinks. Right? Peter got them for Laura Jean on the bus. <laughs> That's so I just funny. thought that was funny. Yeah. Well, they talked about that too. But, so. Well, because they had talked about when um, the writer, what's her name? Um, Jenny Hahn. Jenny Hahn. Mm-hmm. When she was trying to find a production company, um, most of the production companies said, well, should we go with a Korean American or white person? Let's see which mm. what we find. And she says, I really want to go with a Korean American person. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, that's the production company, the only one that said that they would stay true to that. Yep. And in the podcast, they were saying that the yogurt part and the dad cooking Korean, badly cooking Korean, and these little things wouldn't have had the effect that they did if it was well, a right. white teenager. Yeah, you know? and I mean, it's also about representation and making people feel like, wow, that's like me on screen. Yeah. It's just really, yeah. it's a cool feeling when you feel like you can connect to it. Well, I'm not Korean, but I like understand the references. So it just like, I feel like it did mean more because of that too. Yeah, and the, the on the podcast, I mm. believe they had two African-American women and they were saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not Korean-American, but something about the character being Korean-American worked more than if it had been just right. a white person doing it. It just felt more inclusive, so it resonated with them. Yeah, I love that the movie's doing really well. So, okay, so not so great, too great of a movies, but they were okay. These were watchable, but they weren't really great. And I watched Mother's Day, which is a romantic comedy with Jennifer Aniston, Kate Hudson, Julie Roberts, and Jason Sudeikis, who all of them are so awesome. But I don't know, while Jennifer Aniston's performance was funny, I found the whole film quite underwhelming. So you can skip that one. I feel like those always are. Like the very all-star yeah. cast, like New Year's Eve, Mother's yeah. Day. I don't know what yeah. else. Valentine's Day. <laughs> all of those that have the all-star yeah. cast usually are. But they're yeah. fun to watch because yeah. you like all yeah. of them. Well, I think sometimes those are, and I think I can watch this. I think this one fell a little under. There was just parts of it I wasn't really uh, liking that much. I think for me, it was like, I don't know any of these moms. Like, they didn't portray any moms that I know. You're right. That's true. Like... They were just yeah. not to be super critical, but they were all super white, upper class well, moms. Kate Hudson is married to an Indian guy, but then she's hiding it from her parents. Mm-hmm. I just didn't, I don't know. I didn't like that part. Yeah. And I'm sure that happens, but I don't know. Something just didn't work for me on I that totally part. I totally get it. Yeah. That's why I was saying, I, I think Jennifer Anderson was the only <laughs> character... Because you know what? She was silly and making fun of herself and looking crazy, right? Anyways, I also watch Acts of Violence. Um, It's supposed to be star Bruce Willis, but I felt like they used his name for billing, but he was not the lead. Um, The movie got poor, poor ratings. And even though your eyes could roll out of your head... I, I liked watching it. It was fun to watch. The movie's about a brother named Roman whose fiance is kidnapped by human traffickers and his two ex-military brothers and him set out to find her with no help from law enforcement except for Avery, played by Bruce Willis. And for me, it was watchable, but not would not be for everyone. It had a lot of flaws. But the thing I think that I liked about it were two minor things. Is One, the girl, the fiance, she was not weak. She was mm. like, 
doing everything she could to break out. You know, mm-hmm. she wasn't like some damsel in distress, <laughs> right? I mean, she was hitting people, yelling, trying to get the ropes off. I mean, mm-hmm. she was like, I'm getting out of here. So I really appreciated that. And also, I like movies, I guess, because they're three brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, you know, fighting together to help the one brother. And just, I, I just like that, too. So I think those two things helped the movie a little bit. But, you know, <laughs> I, it wouldn't be for most people. Okay. That's what I watched. Brittany, what did you watch? So on TV, well, on Netflix, I started watching season two of Ozarks or Ozark. I don't know if it's one or the other, but this is a continuation of last season and basically Marty Bird and his family. He has a daughter and a son and his wife. They moved to the Ozarks to get away from Chicago because they got in trouble because the dad is in money laundering for the cartel. So it's a big mess. And he's trying to do new business in the Ozarks and his family just continues to fall apart. So it's kind of stressful to watch, but it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I really like it. And then for movies, I watched Crazy Rich Asians on my birthday. It's based on the novel of the same name by Kevin Kwan. It's the first in a trilogy, and they are shooting a sequel based off of the book, so I'm super excited. Basically, a Chinese-American New Yorker, Rachel Chu, goes to Singapore to meet her boyfriend's family, and she finds out they are crazy rich. It's awesome seeing so many Asians in one film that wasn't a kung fu caricature. Also, everyone was cast perfectly for the role they played. Michelle Yeoh was excellent as the mother-in-law or monster-in-law. Constance Wu was the perfect traditional Chinese-American economics professor. Aquafina was f***ing hilarious. Sorry, Diana, you're going to have to edit that later. <laughs> she was hilarious as the quirky friend. Remy High from the Netflix series Marco Polo was great as the reckless cousin. And I can go on and on. Everyone played their role so great. And the cast is everything. It was a nice story and it's definitely relatable to those who come from traditional Asian households. However, the plentiful lessons embedded into this story are so relatable no matter what your background is. Also, I read the first book on the plane ride to Florida. I have the next two books and I can't wait to read them. Lastly, I want to talk about a simple favor. I've not watched this movie, but I want to tell people to not watch it. I read the book on the plane ride home from Florida, and I honestly don't care if I spoil this movie for anyone because it's absolute. I want to watch it. I just realized, isn't that that one with uh, Blake Lively? And oh, really? Okay. (laughs) I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. Okay, well, I don't have to tell you, and that's what I was gonna say. But I like Anna Kendrick. I'm like limelight. Too bad. I'm just going to tell you guys, the ending is trash. I'm so upset. I've never been this upset over a story. And I'm going to tell you why I'm upset. This is a book written by a woman who can control a narrative. And it's also written in the time of Me Too. It was published and produced, picked up for a film the same year that Me Too gained prominence. And I think it's effing tone deaf. It's disgusting. I'm so upset with it. So I'm not watching the movie until I hear reports that the ending of the book is not the same as the movie. And if it is, (laughs) you're going to be in so much trouble. Yeah. For, I, I don't know, maybe they'll only be in trouble with the liberals, but it's just, it's totally backtracking 
dismissive, mm-hmm. demeaning of the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. And it makes me sad for for women. And it makes me so disappointed that a woman wrote this. She completely had control over the characters she was writing, the women she was portraying, and their actions. So I just can't excuse it. I just, I'm not watching this movie until I hear something different. I'm telling you guys, don't read the book because it's trash. Yeah, that's a bummer. It's total trash. Yeah. Okay, Diana, we are at, and the award goes to. So what was your favorite quote, character, or moment? Mine was the moment uh, or the sequence when the group is trying to save Tyrese. Rick, Michonne, Glenn, and Noah carry Tyrese through the woods, through all the obstacles, banging up the car. They are trying to get back to the others to save Tyrese. And I love their urgency. You are with them in this battle of time to save his life. As they drive down the road, he hallucinates and looks out the window. Then you see the truck driving down the road. It abruptly stops. In the distance, you see them all get out of the truck and carry Tyrese out of the car. You realize he is dead and you see Rick react with anger. Even at a distance, you can feel the pain. It is beautifully shot. Brittany, who does your award go to? I liked Glenn and Maggie's conversation and just their relationship. You know, we love them. Mm-hmm. Glenn, he's just basically reassuring Maggie. And Maggie says, I don't know if I want to fight it anymore. And Glenn says, you do. That's who you are. Maybe it's worse nowadays, but you fought to be here. You have to keep fighting. And I think that's just a great lesson because I think that all of us can get really tired sometimes too with some of the things that we fight for and we can get really discouraged and there's tons of roadblocks, but it's just a good reminder for us to say, we've done so much to be here and we've fought so hard. Mm -hmm. So we just have to keep fighting to get what we want. Mm That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in, and we hope something we said today resonated with you and gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity, or inspiration. Please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend we would love more members of our TV club. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. We'll be uploading new episodes every Tuesday, and the next show will be on Season 5, Episodes 11 and 12. You can find our blog at the link listed in our show notes. See you next time. Bye.